0: Listen, what we're going to talk about today is the Holy Spirit, right? And some of you may be thinking, gosh, we talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. Well, the Holy Spirit is one of those topics that you can actually teach on and 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 should be taught on a lot. Because there are three things that are extremely vital to your success as a Christian, and that is uh, love, that is faith, all right? And that is the Holy Spirit. All right. and, and now the, the Holy Spirit has kind of, as far as I'm talking about on the, on the big scheme of thing in the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit is one of those things that's kind of been shoved to the side. And, there, and there's various reasons why that has happened, but that's sad. But you know, those three things, if you, and you'll hear us teach on those things a lot, because if you can get these three, three things, man, it makes your life as a Christian so much easier. I mean, everything goes back to love, Right? God loved us so much for he sent his only son, right? And everything is geared back to love. And we know that faith, I mean, come on, faith is, I like to call faith the currency for this kingdom that God is establishing on this earth. Because it's what, our faith that we believe God for our provision in this, in this earth. And we know that faith works by love. So it takes love for faith to work. So you've got to have faith. And ultimately, Ephesians 2.8 tells us that for, by, by grace, through faith, that we're saved. So we couldn't have salvation if it wasn't for faith. And then, of course, the Holy Spirit, is the, that's the mystical one. That's the one that people... And I think some of it comes from the King James translation. Uh, you know, because they, they translated it Holy Ghost. You know, and some people get hung up on that ghost term. And that's why it was later translated into the Holy Spirit. But I want to tell you that the the Holy Spirit is is not a mystical ghost floating around doing magic and performing magic things. The Holy Ghost, think of it as the Holy Spirit as that is God's tool to use in us for this dispensation that we live in, this time on this earth that we're in. He is the vessel in which he works through in us. You know, as he's he's reestablishing his kingdom on earth. And you know, there's, been, there's a lot of reasons why people don't talk about the Holy Spirit. There are actually churches that just virtually don't teach on it at all. And a lot of that comes from just a lack of knowledge. You know, and a lot of, a lot of and, and I'll just, I'll be honest, and I've, I've seen even ministers come around. Now I can tell you a really big one here in town that has, has taken a turn in the past, uh, I guess it's been about eight years. Uh, to include the holy spirit into their services and I'm very happy to hear that. And 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 but there's been a lot a lot of people don't teach on it because they just have a lack of knowledge of it and a lot of people have the the holy spirit has been mistaught. You know, and there there was manifestations of the spirit and you know there was a time when it was common and some of you've probably been in these services for you to run in service, you know, and that people would run, people would jump, and some of those services got a little chaotic and got a little out of hand, and it was classified as a move of the Spirit. Now, can I, I'm not going to sit up here and say that God can't do that, all right? He's God. He's the Creator. He can do all things, and I have been in those services. But ultimately, when people run, all that is is they're just, it's just so full of joy and happiness for what's happening, and they're so full of God and so close to God that they just can't contain it and they run. But that got out of hand, and then people got to the point where they were believing that if you didn't see the action or you didn't see those moving, if you didn't see the cartwheels and the, the jumping and this, that, and another, other, then it wasn't a manifestation of the Spirit. The, God, the Holy Spirit wasn't present. Right? And that just simply wasn't true. Right? The power's not in the running. right? The Holy Spirit is present. Right? Not putting out anything against those that do get that excited. I have that passion. I do. I can get excited about the things of God. But all that being said, that's not exactly what I want to talk to you about. I do, we are going to talk about the Holy Spirit. But one, one thing that I've found since I've been in ministry, and um, we graduated in 2008. Of course, we were a part of churches before then, but full-time ministry since 2008. And a reoccurring theme that I have found from talking to people in, in, in the body of Christ, and I'm, I'm talking mostly about believers, is that believers struggle to see the Holy Spirit working in their life, right? And they'll, they'll try to do the church thing, and they'll try to understand, and maybe they won't do the research, or they won't do the study, or whatever, for whatever reason. But when you get around them, they'll come to... Eventually, it opens up, and they, they struggle seeing the Holy Spirit working in their life. Now we know the Holy Spirit can work in our lives in a lot of ways. He leads us. That's, the, that's one of the main ways that you can see Him working in your life. But He also, He, he does a lot of things. He gives you wisdom when, and he'll, he'll show you things to come, you know, when danger's around the corner. He'll, he'll give you wisdom to speak in a situation, and he'll show you uh, the things that you've done wrong. All of these things are, are great, but, but we're going to be mainly talking about leading today, because that's, that's, what, that's the easiest way to see the Holy Spirit working in your life. So, when we get done today, I hope that you can grasp the concept that, hey, number one, the Holy Spirit's been working in your life. Right, And let me tell you something. He's got a bigger role in the whole schematic of, of the body of Christ than just being your helper. Okay? And we'll talk about that more in, in a minute. And, and I want you to understand he's working in your life, whether you see him or not. Amen? Because sometimes, he, sometimes that, uh, he's moving, and he's moving in such a subtle way that we, 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 we write that off as just coincidence, we write that off as our own knowledge, we write it off or whatever, but I'm here to tell you, the Holy Spirit, has, He's moving in your life, He's working in your life, and He has been doing it for quite some time. And we'll see that here in just a moment. So, and I actually titled this, Closer Than You Think. I know some of you, are, they're ready for that. And I always get that one. What was the title? You always wait too late to give them the title. All right? The closer than you think. The Holy Spirit is closer than you think. right? And he's a vital part of the equation. Love, faith, Holy Spirit. And you're going to see that here in a minute. Because let me tell you something. Not only can we not have salvation without faith, we wouldn't have salvation without the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that more here in just a second. So he's very, he's very important to the equation. So let's get after this thing and let's go to John 14, 16. I know this is, this is a very familiar scripture and I'm going to read this out of the King James. And if you've been around here any time, we've, we've read this scripture quite a few times. But it's worth going back to. You know, one of the greatest things you can do when you're teaching on something is repeat. You know, people attain the knowledge the more that it is repeated. Not everybody. Now that drives people crazy that, that you know, some people can just attain knowledge quickly. Some people need it repeated. And those that attain it quickly are like, why are you repeating that? Well, it's for the benefit of those that don't attain it that quickly. Amen. All right, so it says right here, it says, and I, this is Jesus talking. He says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. We've heard this scripture many times when we talk about the Holy Spirit, right? I love the Amplified version because it gives the definition of comforter right there. It says, and I will ask the Father... And he will give you another comforter. And in parentheses, it says he's a counselor. He's your helper. He's your intercessor. He's your advocate. He's your strengthener. And stand by that he may remain with you forever. Now, I'm going to tell you, when you read that and understand that's what he is to me, whew, that gives me a lot of excitement. That pumps me up right there. because I'm not, You know, we talked about a few weeks ago how we're not called to do this alone. See, too many people are trying to do what God's called them to do, and they're trying to do it in their own strength. They're trying to do it by themselves. But that's crazy when you understand that we've got help. We've got a counselor. We've got an intercessor. We've got a strengthener. We've got an advocate, and it's called the Holy Spirit, right? Right? Now, we talk about that word, the definition of that word, because, you know, whenever you're breaking Scripture down, you get your concordance out, and you've you got to rightly divide the word. Come on, you dig a little deeper, you dig into these definitions, and, and you find these things out, and you get to the context of what's being spoken, who's being spoken to, and you get to the meaning of that verse. And we talk about that a lot, but I think if you, if, you, if you look at the word another, now, to first see that word, you think, well, that's, that's nothing special. It's just another. It's just another one. So, you know, but if you, if you look at it a little closer and you study it out, then, and you'll understand it in most all the other translations, that word is still there. So that word is, what the point is, is that word's important. Yeah. And when you dig into it a little deeper, into the context of what that word means, that word is actually translated from the Greek word, alos. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how we're going to pronounce it here in Auburn, Alabama. All right? Forgive me if that's wrong. But it actually means another of the same kind. So what Jesus was saying right here, he says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another of the same kind comforter that may abide with you forever. What's Jesus talking about? He's got to believe, right? We've talked about this before. If Jesus did not leave the earth, then the sacrifice did not, was not, it was null and void. He had to leave. But yet he knew what he called us to do we couldn't do on our own and we would need some comfort. We would need some strength. We would need an advocate. We would need a, we would need a helper. And he says, I'm going to send you a helper that is of the same kind as me. That's what he's telling them right there. Now when you think about that, Woo, glory to God. That's exciting right there, right? I mean, he didn't, he didn't just give us a helper. He gave us a pretty significant one right there, right? You see how much fun it is to dig in and tear a verse apart? Because you can, you can, get, to some, you can get to some meat. Woo, glory to God. Because when you, you think about it, when the disciples walked the earth with Jesus, I mean, just think about Jesus being with them. Did he not comfort them? Did he not strengthen them? Did he not intercede on their behalf? Was he not their advocate? All of these things right there. And it's so cool. That, and when you see that, you realize that Jesus was our example, remember. So if he's our example, when he walked the earth, then everything that Jesus was to the disciples is what the Holy Spirit is to us as we walk this earth. Amen? It's very, very, very important, right? And I want you to understand something. He's closer than you think. You may not realize it. And let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit's been working in your life even before you were saved. And we'll talk more about that. See, some people get hung up on, well, I've never had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, and I know the Holy Spirit comes to dwell on you when you get saved. And they get hung up on, well, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Don't get hung up in all that. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. To do all of these things for you. Right? Now, He's there to help you. He's there to do all of those things for you. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not difficult. It's just the empowering. It's another step over where you receive the power. You get such an overflow that allows you to do what you're called to do to benefit others. Right? So when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in at at salvation, He's on the inside of you. That's for you. But when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, that's to benefit others. Everyone else, and what to help you do what you're called to do in the body of Christ to benefit everyone else. It's that simple, it's not, it's not that hard, not, not difficult at all. But people get hung up on all of that, right? Because they're not sure about what the Holy Spirit is supposed to be to us. But we, what, the, what the point is, is we, we need to get to a place in our lives where we view uh, uh, the Holy Spirit with the same perspective that we view Jesus. You know, people understand that Jesus was a man, he walked this earth. He was God as a man. He was flesh and blood. And I think people can wrap their mind around that because of that truth. But you see, we can't see the Holy Spirit. You can't see him. But you, can, but you receive him by faith. There goes that word again, faith is so important. So we receive him by faith, right? And we, so you, that's why you've got to understand uh, the, the, the necessity of faith and understand the meaning and how it works in your life, right? But you've got you to gotta remember this. The Holy Spirit is a vital part of the equation, and He is the Holy Spirit. is a he, As a matter of fact, you, you cannot remove the Holy Spirit; you cannot remove Him. All right, and this is why we teach on that subject. Michelle did probably one of the best, best teachings on the Holy Spirit Wednesday night. If you weren't here, man, when that podcast gets up, you want to get it. It was good. Was it not good, Lord? It was good. It was. And I'm talking about I'm talking Bible college. I felt like I was sitting in one of my classes. It was that good, you know? It really was. I mean, the anointing was moving. I mean, it was just spot on. It's so simple. So simple, right? But we teach on these things because the Holy Spirit, is, it's a part of the equation that we cannot remove. See, we've tried to remove him for so long within the body of Christ, and now we're dealing with the consequences of it. The body of Christ is dealing with issues that they necessarily didn't need to deal with because of that, Right? Lord God. I mean, you think about when we started Compass Church. I've always, since the beginning, I've always encouraged you guys that there's a balance to everything. Okay? There's a balance. And, and, and I mean, that means that, and I'm talking about naturally and spiritually, there's a balance. You know, but too often people get, they stay out of balance. They never find that balance. In other words, it, it, it's, it, it, the balance is, is when, you, when you bring the natural together with the supernatural, the spiritual, and that's when it makes an explosive force for God. Y'all have heard me say that many times. But see, most people can't find that balance. They get too far over in the natural, or too far over into the world, and they're not given the spiritual any, 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 any place in their life. And so they're not even choosing to, to learn about these things or to believe any of these things and all this. They're stuck over here. They're out of balance. They're over here. But then you have other people that will be so out of balance, they'll be so spiritual over here, they can't even go get a cup of coffee without spending 30 minutes in prayer asking God if it's okay. Listen, go get your coffee. Right? God didn't intend on it to be that. You don't have to. See, that's out of balance. That's out of whack. Right? I mean, mean, He wants to lead you, but you don't have to be that super spiritual. I'll never forget. I've shared this story many times, but... There was one girl, you know, when we were in Bible college, you have a group of friends, and Austin knows, Anna knows, Jessica knows, all of them had their group of friends. There was this one girl, and she just drove us bananas because she could not go. You know, after class, we are like, all right, we're going to eat. Where are we going? You know, and she'd be like, I'll catch up with you guys. I've got to do, I've got to check with the Lord. And we'd be like, okay, go check with the Lord. We'll be done eating by the time you get there, you know. (laughs) But listen, the point is that we don't have to be that. You got, there's a balance. Right, and you and when you when you find that place, that place, it's, it's very. It, it's, it's, most people don't find that balance. They don't find that balance, right? And they stay they stay too far off. And Brother Hagin used to always say they were they were driving on the ditch on the left side or driving on the ditch on the right side of the road. But st- the point is, is you got to stay in the middle of the road. You got to stay in the middle of the road. But see, and and it made me think when I was putting this together. Think about my own life. I always do and what i've learned through through my years and and, and gosh i'm getting oh when you start talking that way man goodness gracious you know <laughs> but what i've learned what what i've learned and I, and i've learned i'm i'm fully convinced that most christians when it comes to spiritual things most christians are living two different lives now i don't mean that in a negative way or to to pick on anybody or anything like that because i did this and what i'm talking about is is they're living they're living, uh, uh, in one life, they'll be living their natural life. In other words, everything they do is, is within their own strength and, 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 and with their own knowledge and their own wisdom. And they're, and, they're, and they're living this life. They're living the naturally, they're actually living the world the way it is. In other words, they're talking like the world. They're acting like the world. And they're doing all these things like the world. And then, but when the church doors open on Sunday... You know, they may be on their way to church and then they turn on their spiritual life. right? And there again, I'm not picking on anybody or saying anything, but I, let me tell you something. I know this to be true because I lived this way for a season, right? Before I got revelation, right? But, it, but, but the problem with that is, is people are trying to, they're out of, they, they're out of balance on this. They're, trying, they're, they're living two lives and they're missing out on so much. But it's because when, when they're, they're getting, they're never getting to a place when you're, when you're living two lives like that, and a lot of people do this, guys. I know a lot of people do this. And, 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 but, but, but those people never get to a place where they're allowing the spiritual principles that God set in place in His Word for us to live our life by. They're never allowing those to come over into their natural life to help them respond to how they live and to just circumstances in life. Right. And it's just, it's, it's just simply true, and I used to live that way. Yes, and and point is is we need to be balanced. You need to have your spiritual and your natural. If you're, you know, you need to be talking just spiritual. It, it all needs to be one. You don't need to separate the two, right? Very dangerous place to be. All right. So and now we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about how He's a vital part of the equation, right? And and. And, and unfortunately, you know, a lot of Christians and a lot of churches have, have pushed him to the back burner. And, they're in, and, and they struggle with the fact that they can't see the Holy Spirit working in their lives, right? And, a matter of fact, there's a lot of churches. It really breaks my heart when you actually do an in-depth study, and it's not an in-depth study, when you just study the life, of the the, the job of the Holy Spirit and why he was here and the, what, he's, what is the purpose, his purpose, and you understand all of that and you realize we can't do what we do without him and to sit and watch churches and watch people try to have church without him or try to do life without him, glory to God. That's a dangerous place to be. Because I'm going to tell you something. There is a place where you can get where you turn your back on the Holy Spirit where salvation can't be reached, and that's a message for a whole other day, and that's, that's a dangerous place. You don't want to get there, right? point is you don't want to get there, amen? But listen, he's closer than you think. He's, he's, he's not far from you. He's right there. He's been leading you. He's been guiding you. He's been counseling you. He's been doing all of these great things, right? And it's, it's really simple to see. And the, the thing that most people get hung up on is they can see God working in their life, but then they'll tell you they can't see the Holy Spirit working in their life. Well, they just missed it right there. Because anywhere you see God working in your life, He's going to use the vessel on this earth that He put in place, that He works through, He speaks to us through, He guides us through. If, you've got, if you can see God working in your life, Holy Spirit working in your life. Amen. It's, not, it's that simple. Sometimes we overcomplicate it. Church people overcomplicate everything. You know, it's like one minister always says he, you know, he'll quote a verse and he'll say, That one's so simple that you need a theologian to get confused by it, right? So sometimes we, we overcomplicate. Nothing against theologians. You know, I have friends that, that have gone to the school for that and, 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 you know, that's needed. But sometimes, you know, the scripture with the help of the Holy Spirit is not difficult. It's really not. And when you overcomplicate it, you make things harder than it has to be, right? And, you know, when it comes to, to seeing what God, God moves in your life, you know, people, people don't see it or don't realize it because they're not looking for it or they're looking for the wrong thing. And this is very important, guys. As a matter of fact, people, they, they don't realize that, that, that God sometimes moves in such a subtle way that we don't even notice it. It's just as simple as, I'm going to do this, I want to do this, but yet you get a nudging on the inside that says, don't, that's wrong, don't do that. And Holy Spirit working in your life. That's simple. Or maybe you've done something and you pressed on through and you did it anyway and you immediately get a check in your spirit, that was wrong. Yeah. Holy Spirit working in your life. It's not difficult. You just have to yield to it and you have to look for it. You know, Too many people are looking for the wow factor. The Holy Spirit's only going to speak to me through a wow situation, a visitation from an angel. See, that's getting out of balance. That's getting super spiritual over here, right? I, I've had, I know people right now that I graduated with, and hope they're not watching this, but I won't quote their name, but, <laughs> <oops>. <laughs> but they're still not in ministry because they're still waiting. They still haven't heard something's wrong. God's God's got a lot for us to do, and if He's called you, and He hasn't called you in ten years, something's wrong. You need to look at yourself. You need to adjust what you're doing because He's not doing something wrong. You're doing something wrong if you're not hearing Him. That's 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 the that's the thing right there. Right, glory to God. But when it comes to seeing God work in your life or the Holy Spirit work in your life, guys, this is why I encourage you to get a journal. Now, I know every guy out there just went. That's so girly. I don't want a journal. You know, a journal? Really? Journal? I love this. Uh, Keenan, one of our interns, there, he's doing a great job. Sent me a text yesterday morning, and it, he was going. He went back to his journal. I'm sorry, I'm telling on you, man. He has a journal, but that's okay. I have a journal. So we're we're, yeah, we're tight, you know. <laughs> but Keenan was sharing with me something that he had learned, and something I think he had taught to his youth in the past, and. And, and, you know, he was talking about, you know, how he even commented how I encouraged the interns to have a journal, right? So that you can see when God's working in your life. You write these things down. And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't have a journal, guys, we got a whole stack of them right back there, leather-bound with a compass on them. And, you know, everything in the bookstore, we ask for a donation. There's a donation box right there. If you, don't, if you can't give a donation, I don't care. Get you a journal. That's more important to me, Right? That's why, there's a whole stack of them right there. I think we, we did have some notebook journals back there. But journaling is very important. Because if you will learn to take every day, and I don't do it every day, but I try. But take as much as, as possible and write down every time God led you, Holy Spirit gave you revelation on something, all, right, all everything. Every time he worked in your life during that day, you write it down, because there's going to come a time when you when you when you when you you know you need you know God's moving in a subtle way in your life, but there's going to come a time when you need God to work big in your life. And you need to be encouraged through the small things that he's done in your life so that when you hit that wall and you come up against that mountain, boom, He's there. you know he's going to be there. And you don't tuck and cower and run in fear and fall away from the principles of God. Glory to God. is very important, right? Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something, whether you have a journal or not. If you'll take the time to look back in your life, every way that God led you, that's the Holy Spirit working in your life. Come on. And if you'll take the time to look back and recollect on all those things, I think you'll be surprised. You'll begin to see how the Holy Spirit's been working in your life. It's what He was sent here for. And He's been working. And and I'm going to tell you what. When you understand the job of the Holy Spirit, I mean, the Holy Spirit, He's not only your comforter, But he is a very significant part of just our salvation, right? And look with me in John, in chapter 16. Going over a couple of chapters right there. With salvation. A lot of people don't like to talk about this one, but it's very, very, very important. This is verse 7. We'll begin in verse 7. This is a very familiar uh, 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 scripture that we all see. We've, We've talked about many times. It says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth... Is expedient that you, for you, that I go away. For I got, uh, if I don't go away, the Comforter, or the Holy Spirit, will not come unto you. But when I depart, I will send him unto you. And listen, this is what I want you to see. And when he gets here, when he comes, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, he's, you know, it says, The Holy Spirit will reprove the world of sin, the Holy Spirit will reprove the world of righteousness and the, uh, the Holy Spirit will reprove of judgment. That word reprove right there means convince. Convince. So what Jesus is saying right there, he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit's job is to convince the world of our sin. Right? See, before this, we didn't even know we were doing right or wrong. We, you know, we didn't even know that we were sinning. But his job is to come and convict us of our sin, convince us of our sin, open our eyes to our sin and our brokenness and our fallenness. But he's also sent to show us and convince us of the path of righteousness, the way out of our situation, right? That's his job. That's why he was sent, right? And then, of course, you know, the one no one wants to talk about is he's to convince us of the day of judgment, right? And we don't talk about that much, but you understand. The job of the Holy Spirit was to convince us of our sin and our need to repent. Guys, that's very important. But see, without that, we didn't know we are sinning. He's very important. He's been working in your life a lot longer than you realize, right? you've got to understand something. That when it comes to that, when it comes to convincing us of our sin, let me just throw this one out there. It's not your job, it's not my job, it's not Pastor Michelle's job, it's not Lourdes' job, it's not Jerry's job, it's not Keith's job, it's not any of our job to convict another person of their sin. That's the Holy Spirit's job. See, if people are feeling condemnation from the sin that they're in, it's not coming from the church. But unfortunately, sometimes it does come from the church. There are a lot of churches that are preaching and teaching condemnation from the pulpit. And that is why the church gets scarred and has a bad name. See, we are just to love that person in their broken state. Listen, I've been broken. I needed that love to bring me out of that. We are to love them. Now, we don't keep them there. God doesn't want them there. Right, We love them where they are and we teach them and we nurture them. We have family responsibilities, remember? And we're to bring them into the family, teach them what we know, share our lives, experiences, all of these great things, bring them out of the sin into the path of righteousness that the Holy Spirit has convinced us of, come on, has taught us. That's our job. right? Preach the Word. Yes. Glory to God. I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit is very vital to the equation. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit has been drawing you to Christ. See, the Holy Spirit was working in your life before you were saved. He's pretty important. He's very matter of fact, if you're saved, then it's because the Holy Spirit was working in your life. John six four four John six forty four says that no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day, I will raise them up. Now, this, this scripture has been taken out of context many times. A lot of people read that and see that to say that God has predestined certain people, chosen certain people, and he's sending his Holy Spirit just to those people. And that's just simply not true. What he's talking about right there is there is going to be a drawing. God is going to draw people to him. You know who's going to do the drawing? The Holy Spirit is going to do the drawing. The Holy Spirit is going to be is going to be drawing you, and He is what draws you in. And let me tell you something. It's very interesting that He draws you in, right into the in, into the. And He's been drawing on you. People always ask, "Well, when does He? When did He start drawing on you?" And, and, and Pastor Michelle touched on this Wednesday night, but He started drawing on you the very moment you heard the word. As a baby, as a child, when you heard the Word and can rationalize and understand it and form a belief off of it, He started drawing you. Now, what's the Word got to do with it? What comes from hearing the Word? Faith. Faith Faith comes from hearing the Word. See, when you heard it, faith rose up in you. Come on. Now, the Holy Spirit has access. And now the Holy Spirit begins to draw you in. Guys, this is why we have to preach the Word. So one of the Great Commission says to preach the gospel. Not to go and put it on an app. Not to go and take an iPad and just let someone read it. We are to preach the gospel so that faith will rise up. Amen. Remember Ephesians 2.8? We are saved by grace through faith. Yes. Faith's important, guys. It is important. It is. I mean, think of it like this. We're born on this earth with a sinful nature, Right? That's the simple truth. Until you're born again, and then the, the Holy Spirit comes inside, and you become a new creation, new creature, right? New creation, right? So when you're born with that sinful nature, think about, your, your, think about there, now there's a gate now on your heart to keep all the goodness out and all the things of God, and it's out, and it's locked, right? And you need a key to unlock that gate. So what's that key? Faith. Faith. It becomes the key that, faith that rises up when the word is preached, unlocks that gate, opens it up. The Holy Spirit has full access and now is drawing you and drawing you. Now, ultimately, you've got to make a choice to make that decision based on that drawing, glory to God. But he's been drawing you for a long time. And ultimately, I think he's got everybody in there. All right, he's drawing you in. Amen, glory to God. But the point is, is he's been working in your life for a long time. Ain't a long time. That right there, that should, that should get you pretty excited, right? Yeah. And we know that the Holy Spirit will help us in many ways. He'll, he'll lead you of... Uh, 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 he'll forewarn you of danger around the corner. You know, I'll never forget. Um, I had a pastor friend of mine. that He got off work one evening. And he went and got in his car to leave. And uh, it was Pastor Bill. And he... Um, he went to crank his car up, about to put his key in, and he just got a check. He said, oh, no, oh, don't go. He said, okay, well, whatever. You know, and he was a creature of habit, same way. He'd go home every day in Oklahoma. And he, So he went back in his office, and the secretary was like, what are you doing back in here? He said, well, I just got to take a break. So he went back in his office and was sitting in there and doing some reading and doing some studying. And, and, and just for a minute, 10 minutes went by, and he was just, you know, waiting on peace to leave. And finally he got peace to leave, and he said, okay. Didn't question it, didn't think nothing else about it. And then on his way home, he always drives the same path, and on his way home, right about where he would have been had he left at that time, there was like a four car pile up right there. Now you can rationalize and say, Well, he may not have been in it, whatever. Listen, you want to do that? I don't care. I call that the Holy Spirit <laughs> for warning him. So telling him, Don't go. Don't get listen, the Holy Spirit will help you in these ways. If you're sensitive to that leading. Listen, a lot of us are—we are, we sense that, but then we quickly rationalize it away. You got to learn to obey it and follow it. You know he'll give he'll give you wisdom in things to when you make mistakes. You know, I remember a few night, a few weeks ago. I guess it was. I had one of the worst days I've had in a lot of life. I mean, you know, uh, even your pastor has bad days, right? And I mean, it was a bad one. I came home. I didn't. I just wanted to. Blah, just wanted to go. To, it was a rough day, you know. And I mean, I'm praying in the spirit. I'm doing everything. You know, it's just this broken world. You're going to have days like that. I don't care who you are. But I was sitting there, and we were talking about different things. And that, when I get in those moods, you know, I can get very critical. And I was being very critical about different situations. And I'm going to Austin spoke up, and Austin told me. He said, "Dad," he said, "He said you're being so." I forget exactly what you said. He said, "You're being so critical. You know, you're just being so mean, so critical." And it wasn't that I was lashing out in an angry voice. It was just the words coming out. I was being critical of that particular situation. And it, it made me angry. You know, it made, it made me angry at him. And um, Austin had, you know, he's been back with us. He moved back into our house. You know, he's already lived out on his own, three years on his own, gotten into his little habits. And back in our house, you know, he... You know, he, he still does what he used to do back in his apartment. And sometimes that gets under my skin, gets under mom's skin, this, that, and the other. So sometimes there's a coffee cup laying around or a popcorn bowl or something, this, that, and the other, you know. And it's, but the point is, is those things had been building up in me. And when he said what he said, now, now he was right, and we'll get to that here in a second. But when he said what he said, I was angry. And I, got, I felt like he was coming at me. And really, it was just a, it was an avenue for me to finally explode and let all of this go. And, you know, I said some things that I didn't need to say. And, and not in a loud, harsh voice, but, uh, uh, you know, he understood. And, and, uh, and right about that, that night when I went to bed, uh, the Holy Spirit, I couldn't sleep. It just rose up in me. He was right. You were wrong. And I said, oh, Lord. He said, he was right, you were wrong. And so uh, I was like, okay, all right. And so the, the next time I saw him, I had to go to him, and I just told him, I said, Austin, I need to ask you to forgive me. You know, you were right, I was wrong. You know, and the point is, is there were some life situations that were building up in me based on other things, and I just piled on to him, all of that. You know, it started with what he said, which he was right and I was wrong. But all, then all the other came out, the popcorn bowl, the cup laying around, the dirty dishes, the dirty clothes. All of this started, bah, I, started coming, I was piling on. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, and I, t- he, I told him, I said, please forgive me. Of course, he did, you know. And, um, uh, but God told me, he said, don't pile on. He said, do you want me to pile on? I thought, oh, my gosh, because yeah. he could pile on. You know, he could pile on. I thought about him. You could pile on. No, no, please, no. I'm... I'm for, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> but you see, that's the Holy Spirit working in your life. The Holy Spirit will adjust your attitude. You know, one of the worst things is to develop an attitude about your place of employment. But everybody does it. Are they even... People will develop attitudes about the church. About anything. People naturally, because of our nature, is, is to be critical, is to tell people how to do stuff, is to, you don't do it the way I would do it. And this is typically how attitudes are formed where people work. And, and if you work somewhere, after a year or so, the newness wears off, and now you don't have an attitude. Well, that boss won't do it this way. He's stupid. Can't he see what he's doing? Right? And I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit will help you check your attitude. If you yield to him, if you don't yield to him, you're just going to keep working there and have a miserable life. But what I, I remember when he worked with me on this and, this, and I learned this a long time ago. I worked for one company for 14 years, and I learned really quickly that this was making me a miserable person, having that attitude about the company. They did a lot of dumb things in my mind. But what I realized and I learned the Holy Spirit showed me was, hey, you can't see the big picture. You don't know everything that he's making those decisions based on. So what I learned to do is I just learned to do my job. If he told me to do it this way, I did it this way. If my boss told me to do it that way, I did it that way. And I learned to let it stop right there. Don't go further with it. Well, that's crazy. You know, if you did it this way, it'd be easier. If we did it that way, it'd be faster. We ought to do it on Tuesday and not Wednesday. Don't get hung up in all of that. Just be obedient. Submit to your leadership. Anyway, all of that was inspired by the Holy Spirit checked my attitude. Right? And there's a lot of people that need to learn to yield to that one. <laughs> but I want I'm going to close out with talking about this it's gonna, for just a minute. And that is being led. Because this is a subject that creates so much confusion. Being led. And I don't know why it's so hard. And it's I think it's so hard, it's because people are looking for an audible voice. And I'm going to tell you, I've never received an audible voice from God. But And I have missed God when he, I, I've known, I felt like He was leading me, right? But I'm going to tell you something. I would rather miss God taking a step, trying something that I felt like He was leading me, than not move at all, yeah. amen? And too many people are not moving at all, right? So the point is, that don't look for an audible voice, right? Because He leads us through the Holy Spirit, which is just that unction on the inside. Your consciousness, think of it that way, is more or less your, your, your voice of your spirit, right from wrong, right from wrong, right? And, but sometimes we try to overcomplicate it, especially for those that are hung up way over in the, the super spiritual side. They're looking for the visitation, just like the guy I was talking about that, that has, is holding back for so long to stepping into ministry. He's looking for that wow factor. He's looking for that, that something spectacular. I guess he's waiting on God to walk in his living room with a blue paintbrush and paint it on the wall, go here, you know? And, and I think that's what people get hung up in. They get hung up in, and if it's not a go-ye moment, they don't move. There's a lot of people sitting in a rut, and they're not moving. They're not going because they haven't received a go-ye moment. And I'm going to tell you something. This is very important. If you don't get nothing today, get this, because this is, this is, this is very, very significant, Right? But God's leading is not always about a "go, go ye" moment, all right. right. And too many people get hung up on that, and they're looking for that spectacular, the angel visitation, like the angel that visited Mary, and this, that. And listen, we're called to live a life, and God put dreams in your heart. I'm talking about. Dreams that line up with your destiny and with, with your plan for your life. I'm not talking about dreams of a big house, a big car. This, I'm not talking about natural dreams like that. I'm talking about desires in your heart, what you want to do. Whether you want to be a businessman, whether you want to be a teacher, whether you want to be a preacher, whether you want to be a doctor, whether you want to be a nurse practitioner, whatever you want to do. God put those desires in your heart, right? And, and sometimes you've got to learn to follow those things. You know, I only had two go-ye moments in my life. That I'm talking about obvious ones. And you're thinking, oh, it was when he got married. I'm sorry it wasn't that. But (laughs) she was pretty hot. And, you know, I was pretty persistent. But that wasn't it, you know. But I did receive one. I got saved in 96. Word of Life Christian Center. Pastor Scott Webb was there. And I was dumb as a rock, man. I didn't know anything. But I became a sponge. And I started soaking in, soaking in, soaking in, soaking in. Learning, learning, learning. I was loving it. I was there. we had church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you name it, any other day I was there. And I'm talking about that was church. That wasn't just a small group setting or a meeting or this. It was church. I loved it. Wednesday night, we called it the midweek dose of the Holy Ghost. It was awesome. Well, so anyway, I got saved. And so all this was new to me. I was, I was sponging. I was learning. And, then, and, and after, I guess it was about eight months of being there, I mean, I was just now getting to the point, you know, where you'd raise your hands because I was just learning about what all that was about and all this. And I was sitting there in worship one day, just praising God. I had just given Him all I had, letting the worlds wiping all that away, just focusing on God, and I was praising Him. And it rose up inside of me almost like a light bulb coming on. And He said, go to Ramah. Well, my pastor was a graduate from Raymond, so he would talk about it a lot and use stories from there, and, and, and he would reference Brother Hagin a lot. And I thought, go to Raymond? Are you, do you know? Because I just came from a dark, pretty dark lifestyle before I met my wife. And I mean, I'm thinking, and I'm still learning. All this is new. I'm still thinking, don't you know what I've done? And you want me to go to Bible college? I'm like, no, it ain't going to happen, you know. I was like, no way. And so I never I never even told Michelle about this. Yeah. <laughs> so my solution was let's get out of here. And so I moved us from Birmingham to Alexander City. We we nice place. We built a nice farm. Had a lot of good times. That's where we met the Starks. And I moved us there and we started a business and And uh, we had a great life there. I loved it. You know, very successful business. I'm talking about it It was booming, six-figure salary. We could do, within reason, pretty much what we wanted to do in that time and just very comfortable. And I was one day riding around the lake because we were a concierge service on the lake for people who had second homes there. And I was visiting customers because that's what you do. You know, you go see them. Is there any way we can serve you better anything we need to do different? And I was coming back driving the truck, and I was coming around the golf course, and it just rose up inside of me, go to Rama. And I thought, I stopped right there on the side of the road. I thought, gosh, he won't go away. This won't. I'm like, what? Oh my gosh! You know, it's back. You know, he's back. And that was the second go ye moment. And I thought, I'm going. And I thought, my wife's gonna think I'm crazy. We've got to sell this business. we got to sell our house. My family's going to think I'm nuts. You know, here we are with this comfortable income, this big income, this, that, and the other. At that time, that was a big income. And we were, And I went home, and I told her she was cooking. I'll never forget. She was standing there cooking, stirring something in a bowl. And I said, honey, you're not going to. I didn't say honey. I said, you're not going to believe. I don't call her. Honey. You're not going to believe this. I said, i got to share something with you. And I shared it with her. And I said, so I think we need to go to Ramah. And she's stirring like this, and she looked at me, and I thought, oh, my gosh, she's fixing to shoot me, you know, whatever. You know, she looked at me, she said, let's go. Well, let's go. Long story short, we sold a business now. And, you know, my art is to sell a business two weeks, two weeks. And we sold a business, and it just got open door after door two weeks. And, you know, you, you, typically you sell a business, you know, the owner of it has to work with that business a year so they can make the transition and all of this. It turned out to be somebody within the company that had been with us just about since the beginning. Didn't have to do that. They already knew pretty much what to do and how to do it. And, of course, we stayed on his counsel and this, that, and the other. So sold our house within, what was it, five weeks? Was it three weeks? It wasn't long. It, I mean, God, once we took that step and made the, the commitment, God just started boom, 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 opening door, opening door, opening door. All right, so that's enough about that story. But what the point is, is I've only received two go-ye moments, and I'm closing really with this. And that made me think, when God put this on my heart, talking, and because and, and, and people are struggling to see the Holy Spirit working in their life, and, and one of the primary ways he works in our life is to lead us. Well, of course, I've got to go back to the Word. You know, we always go back to the Word with everything. And I go to Paul. I thought, all right, I'm going to study this out. How many go-ye moments does the Bible say that Paul had? Because, you know, I like Paul. I mean, you know, we think a lot of Paul, you know. Come on, he wrote most of the New Testament. Right? He's pretty significant. And as I broke it down, there was only two that I could find. And that was, one was on the road to Damascus. And most of you know that story. It changed his life forever, right? And then the second one, and this is one of what, what I really want you to see. And we see this in Acts chapter 16, verse 6 and verse 8. This was the Macedonian call on Paul's second missionary journey. And I mean, we're not going to read the whole thing, but what I want you to see is, is I'm going to read. Look, I'm going to read this out of uh, the New Living, just because uh, Acts 16, beginning in verse six. Beginning in verse six, now just a little context right here. It Says Paul and Silas traveled through the area. When you understand what's being happened and what's happening right here, notice it doesn't say God said for them to travel through the area. They were just traveling through the area. And when you break, when you study this out. Well, All they were doing is they were like, hey guys, let's get together and let's go check on everybody. Let's go travel a little bit, check on the churches, let's go see how they're doing, right? And and I'm paraphrasing all this. but in verse 6 it says, they've traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit prevented them from preaching the word in Asia at that time. And then coming to the borders of Messiah, They headed north to the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went to the seaport of Troas. So what is that telling us right there? When you look at what Paul had. Paul moved in what he was called to do. He was moving. Paul was doing what Paul wanted to do. Paul was going where Paul wanted to go unless the Holy Spirit told him no. Guys, this is very important. Too many people are sitting on the sidelines. Guys, that goes back to those dreams that God placed in your heart. That will have to line up with the plan of God for your life. Listen, sometimes his leading is just you taking a step towards the dream that's in your heart or what you the desire of your heart, taking a step and letting God meet you. No check, no, everything's okay, so I'm going to take another step, and then I'm going to take another step. Wait a minute, I've got to check here. Does that mean I throw the dream away? No, it's not God. I'm not, no, that means you're gonna, you still pursue it but I may need to go around this way instead of this way, so I take a step this way. No check. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Guys, God's leading sometimes is just doing what you're called to do or what you believe you're called to do. You don't need a go-ye moment. Sometimes just move. Take a step of faith until the Holy Spirit says no. Take a step of faith. Guys, this is so important. Too many people are sitting on the sidelines. And we have such a big, big job to do, right? Just take a step. Don't sit for years waiting on the wow factor, waiting on the, the big go-ye moment, on the visitation from the angel. Just start stepping with the, uh, towards the desires in your heart. And if you get a check, when you go to take that first step, if you get a check, whoa, don't you go in that direction. Do something else. You'll know that wasn't God. Now, a check is just that unction on the inside. You know what I'm talking about, what's right and what's wrong. Everybody knows that when they're about to do something wrong, they know when it's wrong. That's that's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, hey, hey I'm convicting you of that because that's sinful. I'm showing you this. I'm convincing you of that. Don't do that. Don't go in that direction. Sometimes you got to move. you got to take a step. Are you going to miss God? Yes, you're going to miss God. I've missed him. But I'm telling you, you'd be better off to miss God taking a step than to stand before him. And him ask you, how come you didn't move for 20 years? Glory to God. Glory to God. Guys, I hope you got it. The Holy Spirit's been working in your life. He's been there for a long time. He's been working since the beginning. He's been working in ways that you never knew. He's always been there. And I'm going to encourage you, get a journal, start writing these things down. And when times get tough in your life, read it to re-encourage yourself that God is working in your life. He is going to see you through. And no matter what you come up against, He will bring you to the other side. Amen. Let's pray.